with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I am your host, Jonathan Strickland, executive producer here at HowStuffWorks. And our previous episode was number 900, which, by my math, makes this one 901. And in episode 900, I talked about the founding of How Stuff Works and how it changed since it first started back in 1998. It is the first part of the How Stuff Works story. So if you've not heard that, go hear that and then come back here and I will, I will make you hear other things about How Stuff Works. Because in that other episode, I focus mostly on the website side of the story. That is the older part of the business, the thousands and thousands of articles about all sorts of subjects heavily researched, and expertly written. So if you're not familiar with HowStuffWorks.com, I I recommend you go check it out. But in this episode, I'm going to focus more on the podcast side of the business. HowStuffWorks podcasts got their start in 2008, so 10 years after the founding of the website itself. The original idea was that we would launch our shows to complement that website. So episodes were meant to be very short, and to cover an article that you could find over at HowStuffWorks.com. This was thought of as a brand extension, right? It wasn't a way to make money. It wasn't like an article where we would serve up web advertising against the article. There was no plan to monetize the podcasts when they first began. And there was not really an easy way to do it if we wanted to. So in other words, this was essentially a marketing expense. We were operating the podcasts at a loss. It costs money to host podcasts. So we were spending on the shows, but there was no way to directly make that money back at the time. The fact we were allowed to launch the shows and choose what to put on there and keep making them for years is pretty amazing. Now, Connell Byrne, who was the managing director at HowStuffWorks at the time, was the guy who said, hey, we should be doing this. And he approached several of us about starting shows in 2008 I was eager to jump on board. I had been listening to podcasts for a couple of years, and one of my favorites was CNET's Buzz Out Loud, which was a show that hasn't existed for several years now. I miss it a lot. Molly Wood and Tom Merritt and lots of other hosts have been part of that, and they were phenomenal. They gave tech news really cool context and commentary, and I loved their delivery. So I was eager to give this a try myself, and I jumped at the chance to be in on the launch of a technology-themed podcast. Now, out of all the folks who started podcasting at that time, there were only uh, a few of us who had a background in performance. Most of the people who started podcasts were coming at it from a researcher and writer perspective, but not someone who would typically perform on microphone. They were not I mean, they had personalities, but they were not personalities. There is a difference. Also, there's a a term that is frequently used in the industry to describe people who are podcasters uh, besides jerks. It's the term is uh, talent. And boy, does that feel pretentious to be called the talent. As if everybody else who works on this isn't talented. That is patently untrue. I have had a sweet, a a veritable army of talented people who have made my show and the other shows at HowStuffWorks possible and sound great and go out on time. So uh, I object to being called the talent, but that is another common term for it. At any rate, none of us at that time were the talent. We were talented, just not, we weren't meant for for performing on top of microphones. We would Instead, do research and write an article and submit it and get edits back and then work on those edits and submit it again. That's that's how we worked. So if you listen to some of those old episodes, those first few of any given show, you might notice some hesitancy, some uh, uh, uncertainty of how to talk into a microphone and how to relate to an audience that isn't there. But Most of us, in fact, I would say everybody who's still around picked up on it pretty well and now does an amazing job of it, myself excluded. I've always done an amazing job. Now, four shows launched that summer of 2008 to extend the presence of HowStuffWorks into podcast land. Those four shows were Stuff You Should Know, Fact or Fiction, which would later become Stuff You Missed in History Class, Brain Stuff, 
which was hosted by the site founder Marshall Brain, and Tech Stuff. All four of those shows still exist, though Brain Stuff has changed the most in format since it started. Stuff You Missed in History Class has had several hosts throughout its own history. Only two people have remained co-hosts or hosts of their respective shows since the launch of those first four shows. Those two people are Josh Clark, the co-host of Stuff You Should Know, and me, host of Tech Stuff. We are the only two original hosts from that original slate of shows who are still hosting those shows. And I will have Josh Clark on this episode a little bit later. Now, over time, the podcast transformed from brand extension marketing to revenue-generating shows. So in other words, we started selling ad spots and getting sponsorships. These days, the podcast business is a big one, so much so that we're now considered a podcast network company. And this change was a gradual one, but it's also a really big one. It's kind of hard to communicate to anyone outside of how stuff works how enormous a change this was. When I first started at the company, we didn't even have podcasts. Not at How Stuff Works. I mean, they existed, but we didn't have any. Later, we were considered a website that also did podcasts. These days, we're a podcast company. So I started off as a staff writer. I became a senior writer. And now I'm a podcast executive producer and host. It's kind of a interesting journey because there was no career ladder that way when I started because there, there was no department. There was no podcasting. In a bit, we'll, uh, we'll touch in with uh, Josh and talk about his perspective on the podcast business of how stuff works. But first, I thought it might be fun to run down a list of shows we've done over the years, uh, podcasts, not episodes of tech stuff. And some of these podcasts are still in production. Others have been phased out, which is a Nice way of saying canceled. Sometimes shows are canceled because we failed to get a a good, strong audience. Sometimes we have to cancel them when we realize the amount of work it takes to put into the show is so much that we cannot do other things that we need to do. Uh, Sometimes it's because people who are working on the show move on to go work somewhere else. There are a lot of different reasons. So it's not like we have a cruel taskmaster who is watching a needle, and if the needle doesn't get out of the red in a certain amount of time, they just say, out the door with you. I want to make sure that you guys realize that. So we're going to start with the big one, the first of all the podcasts to launch in 2008. That would be Stuff You Should Know. It's still our most popular show by far. It is the the flagship, the rock star of the How Stuff Works Network. And it's helmed by Josh Clark and Chuck Bryant. At least it is today. Back in the day, Josh Clark hosted with a couple of other folks on early episodes. He'll talk about that a little bit later. And typically they choose an article on how stuff works and they each do some supplemental research looking into other sources on their own. And then they meet up to have a conversation about the subject matter. They don't share their notes. They don't share their research. They just sit down at a table and what you hear on the podcast is their conversation It's a really effective and engaging approach. Their chemistry is undeniable. They've hosted more than a thousand episodes of their show since it launched in 2008, and they cover pretty much any topic imaginable, though they tend to leave the technological ones to me. We published several episodes of Stuff You Should Know at once so that people would have multiple episodes to listen to right out of the gate. So on April 17th, 2008, the first three episodes to come out were how Grassoline works, how lame ducks work, and how altruism works. Stuff You Missed in History Class today is hosted by Tracy V. Wilson and Holly Fry, though numerous other hosts have helmed the show in the past, and they take a deep dive on interesting, obscure, or otherwise overlooked historical events and give them real context and explanation. I would guess out of all of our shows that we produce here at the company, that's the one that requires the most in-depth research. And my hat is off to them because I do about eight hours of research per hour of tech stuff that you hear. Uh, I think they do even more than that because it requires it to to find out as many sources about these historical events as possible and corroborate with other sources to make sure that they are communicating the most accurate information. The first episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class was 
Did Genghis Khan really kill 1,748,000 people in one hour? And that had published on June 9th, 2008. Now you know all about tech stuff. It's the show you're listening to right now. But originally, Tech Stuff was a two-person show, and my editor Chris Paulette was my co-host and the purveyor of puns. If you think my puns are bad, you need to listen to some old shows. Our first episode was, and I'm embarrassed to say this, How the Google Apple Cloud Computer Will Work. Yeah. Well, it published on June 10th, 2008. So our show is one day younger than Stuff You Missed in History Class. Their show came out the day before ours. Brain Stuff was originally hosted by Marshall Brain. That is his real name. And the episodes were really, really short, like a couple of minutes each when it first came out. Each one would answer a question in a quick overview, such as how nanosolar works. That show's still around, and I hear that there are some interesting ideas that might be happening with Brain Stuff in the near future. So if you haven't listened for a while, you may want to go and subscribe. I have a feeling there's going to be some changes made in all sorts of interesting ways, a lot of experimentation. Um, but that's all I can say about it because it's still in flux at the moment. But the first episode of the show was How Stealth Technology Works, and it published on July 14th, 2008. Bastille Day! Car Stuff is a show with Ben Bolin and Scott Benjamin. It used to be called High Speed Stuff, and then they changed it eventually. Uh, it's a show about vehicles, and it's really incredibly entertaining. Scott is a treasure trove of car information. If you've heard any of the episodes where he's been a host here on Tech Stuff, he is phenomenally informed about vehicles, and it's also fun to break his heart by talking about autonomous vehicles. And then Ben, well, he's he, he he's he's pretty smart. Ben's a very funny, smart guy. He's also my arch nemesis here at How Stuff Works. I declared that uh pretty much my first month of working here because I wanted to have an arch nemesis who was actually very courteous and friendly and would sometimes bring me lunch. One of the hardest working folks here at the company would be Mr. Ben Bolin. Their first episode was How Car Theft Works, which honestly does not surprise me at all because Ben's also a bit shifty. And it published November 25th, 2008. They had a second episode go live that same day titled, What Will Luxury Car Mean in 2030? So we still have a few years to find out if they were right about it. Chuck Bryant and John Fuller, they launched a, a show for a while. It was called uh, Stuff from the B-Side, which was all about music. I miss that show a lot. You'll hear me and Josh talk about that a little bit later. The podcast was an interesting look at music and music production and related topics. The first episode was called uh, How Debut Albums Work which is pretty clever when your first episode is about debut albums. It published on December 13th, 2008. The final episode was titled Before They Were Robots, Early Craft Work, and it published on December 10th, 2009. So this show lasted about a year, and it's one I really wish we could bring back, and maybe someday we will in some format. Then we have Stuff Mom Never Told You, which was originally hosted by Kristen Conger and Molly Edmonds. And I remember when Kristen and Molly first pitched this show, because I got to sit in on some of those early recordings, and I could tell right away that they had an incredible idea. Molly would leave the company in 2011 with Caroline Irvin joining the show, and then Kristen and Caroline did an amazing job evolving the show into a strong feminist voice. Caroline and Kristen left How Stuff Works in late 2016. The show itself has returned and now has new hosts, uh, Emily Aries and Bridget Todd, the first episode of the show ever was Do Men and Women Have Different Brains? It published February 4th, 2009. I suspect the answer is yes, because we can't all share the same one. On January 12th, 2010, we launched a new show called Stuff from the Science Lab, but we would rebrand this. This is sort of like fact or fiction. We changed the name of it. Now it is known as Stuff to Blow Your Mind. This is a science-based podcast. It's Currently hosted by Robert Lamb, Joe McCormick, and Christian Sager, although our editor Allison Loudermilk was an original co-host with Robert, Julie Douglas would also host some of these episodes of the show, and the first episode ever was called Amazing Infestations. In 2011, we launched a short-lived podcast called Stuff to Make You Smarter. This was hosted by Rob and Chris, who were not actually part of the editorial department. 
And the show explored all sorts of various topics, but didn't quite last half a year. The first episode launched on May 2nd, 2011, and was called Of Cinema and Sound, The Story of Music and Film. The final episode was called Can We Teach Our Children to Be Bullyproof? And it published on September 19th, 2011. So this was a time when we were actually opening up the ability to podcast beyond the editorial department. And it turns out that podcasting is, it requires a lot of work. And sometimes it requires more work than you can put in and still do your regular job at the same time. So that I suspect was the reason why this podcast ended up being canceled about six months in from its launch. Um, just imagining it was along those lines. It certainly wasn't anything about the quality of the show, which is quite good. You can still go back and listen to them. All of these, by the way, are still online, so you can go back and find them if you like. Now, I've got more to talk about with the podcasts that were and still are with the HowStuffWorks Network, but before I do that, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. We're back. We got a few more shows to talk about before we get to the interview with Josh Clark of Stuff You Should Know. On August 9th, 2011, we published a new show called Stuff for a Stylish Home, which was a DIY and home decor show hosted by Christy and Sarah. And their first episode was The Importance of Having Things Unique to You. And the final episode, which published on February 9th, 2012, was Move Away from the Carpet, Flooring Alternatives. This was another one of those shows we launched and canceled in just a few months. And I never really got a chance to talk with Sarah or Christy. So I really wasn't in the the realm where that show was launched and then canceled. I don't really know what the story is behind it. But this was during our days as part of Discovery Communications. And that may have had something to do with it. I honestly don't know. But it may have had something to do with our, our relationship with TLC. Now, before they became the hosts of uh, of Stuff You Missed in History class, Tracy V. Wilson and Holly Fry also hosted a show called Pop Stuff, which was all about pop culture. The first episode published on October 3rd, 2011. It was about time traveling through fall TV. It was actually all about the shows that the hosts were excited about. So if you want to hear which shows in 2011 Holly and Tracy were really waiting to see, you can go and download that episode and find out. It's like time traveling all over again. The final episode of Pop Stuff would air on June 3rd, 2013. It was called Greatest Hits Perfume, The Culture of Scent. I used to host a show called Forward Thinking. It was a video series and it had a companion audio podcast. The focus of both shows was to take a speculative look at the future. Often this would center on technology, but we'd also take science, art, culture, and other topics into consideration. Joe McCormick and Lauren Vogelbaum hosted this show with me, and our first episode was called The Internet of Things, More Efficient Than You, and it published on February 15th, 2013. Fun fact, that was my sixth year work anniversary, the day that show went live. Later that same year, Ben Bolin and Matt Frederick launched a new series called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, which focuses on strange stories and fringe theories. I actually gave the show that name. That name was my idea. It's one of like three good ones I've had since I started How Stuff Works. Noel Brown has since joined that show, and their first episode ever was called Edward Bernays, The Most Famous Man Man You've Never Heard Of. That published on October 25th, 2013. Julie Douglas, one of our editors, actually she used to edit my articles, hosts a show called The Stuff of Life, Her show tends to publish in seasons. It requires a lot more work, both on the research side and the post-production side. But it's a really cool show. You should check out a few episodes if you're not familiar with it. The Stuff of Life had both a trailer and an episode zero, as did many of the other shows that I will talk about soon. But the first real episode was called The Power of Fear and published January 27th, 2016. Lauren Vogelbaum hosted a show called How Stuff Works Now for a while that was based off the blog posts that folks like myself were writing for the Now brand. We've since discontinued that brand and the series, but the first episode of that podcast published on April 25th, 2016 and was titled Microbots, Babies, Trust, and Lead Contamination. Three things you don't want to go together. Lauren and Annie launched a show this year in March called Food Stuff, in which they explore the amazing world of food. 
So if you like food, you should check it out. It's a pretty awesome show. The first episode is titled Champagne and Sparkling Wine, and it published on March 1st, 2017. In 2017, our company also hired Will and Mangesh, who had co-founded the magazine Mental Floss back in 2001. They joined our company, and they launched a new podcast called Part-Time Genius. Their first real episode, getting past the trailer in episode zero, published on June 7th, 2017, and it's called What Are the Sunniest Places to Hide My Taxes? Jack O'Brien, who was once an editor of Cracked, joined How Stuff Works in 2017 as well, and in October of 2017, launched a news-oriented comedy show called The Daily Zeitgeist. Now, that show is particularly timely, so listing titles and launch dates doesn't really apply because it's dependent upon the news, but trust me, it's there. You should check it out if you haven't heard it already. On October 9th, 2017, we launched the show Tech Stuff Daily. If you haven't heard of it, it's a short-form show, and yeah, it proves I can shut up if I have to. Covers tech stories that are part of the current conversation, and then I explain the context behind them all within seven-ish minutes or less. The first episode was about augmented reality. And then we launched Ridiculous History with Noel Brown and Ben Bullen, which looks into really odd historical events. Their first episode is The Wild Hippos of Pablo Escobar, and it went live on October 24th, 2017. You should definitely tune into that show. I hear a rumor that a certain Tech Stuff podcast host might be showing up regularly on Ridiculous History to quiz people unfairly. I won't tell you where I heard that. One of the most recent shows that we launched is called Movie Crush. That's a show hosted by Chuck Bryant in which he interviews notable people about their favorite films. And the first episode featured Janet Varney, and it's all about Tron. So you guys who heard my interview with Mr. Lisberger should definitely check that one out. The Movie Crush uh, first episode published on November 3rd, 2017. And we've had all sorts of interesting celebrities come in and out of our office there are times when I'm recording and I'll look through the window and I'll see someone I recognize and I just have to keep everything together and keep recording as if I didn't just see someone super cool walk by the window. It is a challenge. We've got a lot of other shows coming up soon. There's one called Atlanta Monster that is going to be all about the Atlanta child murders that happened in the uh, early 80s here in Atlanta. And that that promises to be a very hard-hitting serious investigative piece. So uh, if you are a fan of that style, that genre of uh, podcast, you owe it to yourself to check it out. I've seen some of the early work and it is phenomenal. And we've got a lot more planned in the future. So if you are a fan of how stuff works, you should be on the lookout for new podcasts that will be coming out mostly through 2018 and beyond. So you never know what might pop up next. Now, let's go ahead and take a listen to an interview I did with a certain Mr. Josh Clark of Stuff You Should Know fame. Joining me in the studio today is my good buddy, my coworker, who, who I don't see nearly as frequently as I used to. Josh Clark, welcome back. I think the last time you joined us for Tech Stuff, we talked about toilets. We did talk about toilets. That was a good episode. Did you straight. know that after that episode, I actually got to visit one of the toilets we talked about in that episode? I didn't. Yeah, we, we talked about uh, the the toilets in Scarabray, the mm -hmm. little community in Ireland, mm -hmm. where or Scotland, rather, I'm sorry, in Scotland, where they had dug out trenches underneath the seaside village of Scarabray mm -hmm. that would carry waste away into the ocean. And I actually visited the village of Scarabray on my on my trip to Scotland. And I got how to, did it smell? Uh, it was fine. No, Good. I was I was told specifically not to use those facilities. I'll bet largely because there are no walls anymore, right. and apparently it's considered everybody indecent. can see you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're not here to talk about my proclivities for drop and trowel at the drop of a hat, really. That, that Hats was, and trousers, they just drop everywhere. When I, I, go I understood about. that that's what we were talking about. No, I'm sorry. This is a surprise because this is your life. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, kidding. No, no. Uh, so we're talking about the How Stuff Works story, Josh. And a big part of that, now in, in our previous episode, I covered the sort of the evolution of the website mm -hmm. site side of How Stuff Works because that was what we were known for for the majority of the time that you and I have been here, sure. it was mostly known as a website that 
also did some podcasts later on. Mm-hmm. And now we really think of ourselves as a podcast network. Yeah. So we're kind of transitioning into that. And I want to talk to you a little bit. Let's, let's, you know, stuff you should know. Our, our most popular show, uh, of which you are a co-host. I'm um, half yeah, for third, a third. A third. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get Jerry. Gotta get in Jerry there as well. is sure. another, another 33%.3, yep. uh, repeating. It just keeps going on. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of, yeah, you know, it's sort of like the episodes, right? You guys <laughs> just recently celebrated your 1000th episode. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. And congratulations to you on number 900. Thank you so much. Yeah. Who would have thought back in 2008 when we were <laughs> no. first talking about these? So going into that mindset, Josh, can you, and I, I know you've talked about this recently, but can you talk a little bit about uh, how Stuff You Should Know even came about? Mm-hmm. So uh, the the Stuff You Should Know was the brainchild of this guy named Connell Byrne. Yes. Who used to run the site, as you know. Yep. And uh, left and then actually came back and now runs the site again. Yep. And he had this idea that there were, on how stuff works, that there were a lot of really, really well-researched, well-written articles, but that not everybody sits around and reads articles on the web all day, right? Sure. So he wanted to get those articles out to people who don't read on the web, and he thought, podcasts, we'll try that. So he uh, he came to me and Jerry and said, you guys, just just try this. Just give it a shot. There is no stakes to this whatsoever. Um, I overheard a conversation where the phrase low hanging fruit was used to explain why they were using writers as hosts. Right. And, um, it just kind of took off from there, right? Like we were, there was nobody paying attention. We were totally figuring out as we went along. And I think because there was so little risk involved, we felt really free to just try whatever. And we were able to kind of find our footing without being under scrutiny, which really helped. Right. We could stumble around a lot and right. no one was going to pull the rug out under us and make us fall flat. That's if right. I, if I can continue my stumbling metaphor. Right. Yeah, right. But yeah. I mean, it, it was that, that that's, that's a lot of pressure and that pressure wasn't there because right. we were all just having fun at the time. Yeah, we weren't we weren't monetizing podcasts. No. There were no ads. Right. There were no sponsorships. No. This, and, and as a matter of fact, the, the podcast program was, you know, um, under real scrutiny more than a few times oh, over yeah. the course of its lifetime. Yeah, we'll get into that. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm going to stop myself then. Yeah, there's a little foreshadowing. There's, there. Yeah, when we, we get into the, the realm after uh, How Stuff Works left the umbrella of the Convex group, right? Right. So when we both started, it was part of, of Convex, which is this company that also owned uh, WebMD. That was the really big property under the Convex group. Yeah, originally. A guy named Jeff Arnold founded WebMD yep. and Convex group. When we came in, the House of Works was kind of sort of operating a little bit like an internet startup, mm-hmm. uh, had a little bit of that feel to it. It Definitely. wasn't super crazy. But again, like 2008, that was when we started doing this podcast stuff, and it was considered kind of a brand extension. It wasn't really considered uh, a revenue generator. In fact, no. it wasn't for many years. No. Um, I remember when Tech Stuff began, which was a few months after Stuff You Should Know had mm-hmm. started, yep. that we were following certain rules that you guys had already kind of – Set not really rules, but you know, just the following the sort of like practices. Yeah, right. where we were taking articles that existed on the site and using those as the launch point. And the guy, the the real the real goal for us was to guide people to go to the website. Yeah, that's hard to do. Uh, it's hard to do from a uh, where you're, you're trying to get people to transition formats, mm-hmm. right? Like they're listening to something and you're trying to convince them. To then next time they are at a computer terminal right. or a smartphones were barely a thing in 2008. But if they were using a smartphone to then navigate to a website, that's hard to do. But it was kind of our mandate for a while. Uh, I also remember that we had very strict time limits early, early on in our podcast. Like, yeah, like, like keep it 10 minutes or shorter. Five yeah. initially. And uh, I think that came from iTunes. Uh, they were like, people are just kind of into really short podcasts. And I guess we heard five minutes. And we just could not be contained in five minutes. No, I mean, just the introduction alone would take about (laughs) five minutes. Right. uh, And uh, you you even had like Chris Paulette was Mm -hmm. uh, one of your co-hosts early on in Stuff You Should Know. He became my co-host for Tech Stuff. What a great guy. And I believe Candace did a couple of episodes Mm -hmm. with you early, early on. Mm -hmm. And then you did some episodes with Chuck and the chemistry was undeniable. 
you and Chuck just worked so well together from the get-go. And, of right. course, that's only gotten better as the show has gone on. It was Thank already you. great. So Yeah, we can't uh, – people ask us, like, what, you know, what's the secret? And obviously the secret for stuff you should know is the chemistry b- between me and Chuck. But we have, like, no idea – like, I, I'm not like, here, I'll, I'll push this button on Chuck and he'll push this button back. And like, yeah. the chemistry just emerges. It's just, it just so happens that if you take me, you take Chuck and you put us in a room together and we start talking about an article that we both read and, and did supplemental research on, it just has a little certain verve to it, I guess. Yeah, I, I've experienced similar things uh, in the acting world where you, you go up, You'll, you'll be in a scene against one actor mm-hmm. and everything's fine. Right. Like there's nothing bad about it. Sure. But then you go into a scene with a totally different actor with whom you have real chemistry yep. and suddenly something that was just going to be fine is elevated. And the same thing is true of podcasts. Yeah. So we could have two very intelligent, well-spoken people having a conversation about an interesting topic and that would be a decent podcast. Mm-hmm. But then when you get that chemistry, when you get those two people who just – uh, their personalities mesh so well and right. complement one another. So it's not like a it's, it's it is a Venn diagram, right? You've got overlap, but you also have stuff on on the edges for both of you. Yeah, I think of it more uh, not like a Venn diagram, but more like a yin yang symbol. There you know we what go. I mean? Where yeah. there's like um, they they complement and fulfill one another mm. and create a, a larger whole. Yeah, where it really it's just two weird looking commas. But if you put it together, oh, it's a circle. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, that that has served the show very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have the benefit of two hosts with great chemistry, and of course, you've had no shortage of really interesting topics. Uh, the merger, many of which have come from articles from How Stuff Works. Yeah, we still basically follow that original model where when we record the we start off with an article from how stuff works wow. almost i would say probably 90 something percent of the time that's cool and then we you know we we agree like this is the one we're going to use to basically structure the episode on and then that's it we don't talk about it anymore we both go off do our own research and we come back together and we sit down and we have a conversation about that topic based on what we found out and um jerry records it and you know, probably about five or six things have to be edited out, uh, sure. which we indicate with a beep. Yep. And Jerry's got to go find the beeps and make yep. sure that they're all taken care of. Um, and then that's it. One take and that's the, uh, that's the show. That's, uh, that's how Chris and I would record as it's well. A, it's a nice way to yeah, do it. Yeah. It's a cool way to do it. It's, Chris was the only co-host I've had where, uh, besides guest co-hosts, mm-hmm. where I've been able to do that, where we did our, our research completely independently, didn't right. even share notes. Uh, if anything, we might sit down just before we start recording and saying, this is kind of the sequence I was thinking about, but it'd be like a very general kind right. of outline. Right. Just like, like, let's start. This to me makes the most log- logical sense to start from here and progress. Uh, obviously the shows have evolved quite a bit since they first launched. I mean, we've <laughs> seen them grow much longer. Uh, yeah, we- and there's, there's definitely a limit, I think, to it. Like we found that. Once you start pushing the 60-minute mark, yeah. it's starting to get a little long. But that yeah. led to a new innovation for us, which was the two-part episode. Yes, and Tech Stuff has certainly no – in fact, Tech Stuff, we've done some two- and three-parters because some – some, especially some of the big companies, if we want to do a full history mm-hmm. on them, it really requires that. have done three-parters? Xerox Story was three parts. My goodness. Nintendo was three parts. Wow. Yeah, there's certain, certain uh, companies that have had enough – Really important historical moments that have impacted technology well, to Nintendo, require three. Sure, yeah, and Xerox surprisingly, Xerox Park. Never mind. All my listeners just heard about that a month ago, so <laughs> I'm not going to go into it again. But yeah, uh, I, I feel the same way. It's actually one of the things that we should mention, and I've talked about it before on the show, is that the prep time for a podcast is deceptively long. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, a listener may listen to you talk for an hour. And because that conversation seems very natural and effortless, they may come away thinking like, oh, these guys, you know, maybe they did like an hour or two of research Mm -hmm. and then they got together and had a conversation. Typically, it's way more work than that. For sure. At least a full day of of research. Um, Per hour of podcast. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty good rule of thumb. Um, The – the the thing about it though is you never go into the podcast booth. I should say I never go into the podcast booth feeling prepared. No, like no. It, I can keep researching up until you know the last moment, mm-hmm. and um, 
that's not always a luxury I have. But even if it is, when I when I get in and sit down, I'm like, gosh, what else am I missing? You know, what sure what obvious fact am I going to walk right past, or what group am I going to not include and in, and in inadvertently offend? You know, sure. Like, um, these are all considerations that that kind of make going in and recording a there's a certain amount of anxiety to the whole thing, even after uh, 10 years of it almost. Yeah, I, there, the first few times sitting down at, an, at a microphone, it's such an unnatural thing, mm-hmm. you know, to try and have a, na- a natural conversation with somebody, but right. you've got this construct in between you. Yeah. Uh, it also, to me, was the weirdest thing, finding out people were listening. Uh, mm, I know. Because the way we work typically is that we're recording at least a little ahead of time. So that we have a bit of a buffer for the times when you're traveling, you're on vacation, you maybe have a sick day, something mm-hmm. along those lines. And that means that by the time something has gone out, you've already been working on two or three or more podcasts further down the line. Right. And so you're constantly thinking not just of the next thing. You're thinking of the thing that's two or three episodes ahead. Yep. And it very quickly, you can lose track of the fact that people are listening to the stuff you talked about two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time we started getting fan mail. That was incredible because it was a reminder that, hey, you're not just talking into a microphone and then you leave the room and then it's all done. It's still living out there. Right. Uh, and that to me still to this day is something that I take, I don't take it for granted. It, it surprises me to this day. Yeah. You know, um <sighs> After as many emails as we've all gotten over the years from listeners, it would be kind of easy to just get kind of jaded. Sure. Um, but I'll still read a lot of the emails that come in. And when I do, I'm finding like, like, no, these are, this is really like important stuff that these people are saying. Like, like we help them with anxiety. Um, some people have uh, said that they have not committed suicide or or, or tried to um, die by suicide be, because uh, we were there for them. Like there's just there there are things that that we're doing that yes, it does not come through when you just are sitting in the studio like we are right now mm-hmm. because the world is is physically cut off from us right now. So right. the idea that we're putting it out there and it's having these impacts on all these multiple different people um, and even, even nothing quite so dramatic, knowing that there's somebody out there sitting on a subway laughing at a joke that I made, mm-hmm. that's extraordinarily satisfying. The The key is to remind yourself to stop and think about that once in a while. I, I absolutely agree. Because it is definitely work. We're all working like crazy yeah. around here. Yeah. And um, it's easy to not do that. But when you do, it's, it's it makes it quite satisfying. It is, it is kind of uh, fun for me now because a lot of my shows I'm live streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the ones whenever I do interviews I don't live stream because right. I don't want to put added pressure on the person I'm talking sure, to. That is but, uh, but I'll live stream all the solo shows. And uh, it's great because it reminds me, even, th- even though the chat room tends to be fairly modest, it's a small group, but it's, they're very responsive, mm-hmm. uh, that if I, if I let loose with, I don't know if you know this, Josh, but occasionally I like to let loose with a pun. I know. Shocking, right? Uh, but to see a reaction to that. Um, also, occasionally we're recording in the other studio where Ramsey sits in the same room. And if I can get Ramsey to chuckle yeah. or snort yeah. or or make any kind of noise that might possibly get picked up on the microphone, I consider it a personal victory. Yes, yeah, so I feel the same way with Jerry. Like making Jerry laugh is that's it's nice. To yeah. Do. And I did the same thing to Dylan all the time. If I could get Dylan to laugh, it was the best thing yeah, ever. Because so, they're working, too. Yeah, absolutely. And and not only that, but it, it reminded me that, hey, they're actually listening and <laughs> not right. just sitting there with their headphones on. <laughs> um, so let's also talk a little bit. So stuff you should know, obviously, it. it became a big success. It is the the most successful of our shows here at How Stuff Works. Yes. So uh well, thank what, you for pointing that out. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, how could I not? At what point did did you was there like a day or a moment where you heard about a statistic yes. or okay, so tell me about the moment where you're like, this is this is way bigger than I expected. Uh, yeah. So um there was a specific day. I think it was in November of 2008. Um, we started in April of 2008. And by November, it was strictly me and Chuck and had been for a while. And um, 
somebody pointed out the iTunes charts, the podcast charts on iTunes, and our podcast was number one. The number one podcast in the United States was our podcast. And um, that drove it home. That was astounding. It was like, you know, I used to get a lot of participant ribbons and stuff and sure. sports and yeah. things like that. You showed up. I imagine this is what it felt like winning the big game or something. Yeah, you like, finally, it you was finally took, amazing. took first place in the egg toss. And we, we number two was uh, This American Life. Yeah. So that just made the whole thing that much more astounding. Well, NPR had been doing it podcasts since 2005. Right. So like right after podcasts became a thing, NPR was doing, although NPR was doing segments of shows, like not even full episodes at that point, but they had, they had had a deep level of experience in that space. Whereas we were the newcomers. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, Connell, the, the person we ch mentioned before had said a few times that we were late to the game on podcasts. Yeah. Which is kind of funny now that, you know, you look at the podcast industry and how established it is. Sure. We're, we're pioneers. We're considered pioneers now. Right. But at the time we were mm -hmm. thinking we were pretty late to it. Yep. And, and it is interesting to note that podcasting itself has gone through these cycles where it gets rediscovered mm -hmm. and thus people are like, hey, podcasts are back. I'm like, oh, man, I don't mean to quote LL Cool J, yeah. but – you know, I've I've been here for years. Is all I'm saying. But uh, is that a direct quote, or did you just paraphrase? I paraphrase. No, I'm a I'm a I like to paraphrase. Okay. I, I like to put things into my puns. own voice. Yeah, paraphrasing and puns. That's really the alternate title to tech stuff. Um, <laughs> so, tell me also because stuff you should know has been in a great position where you guys have been able to go to amazing places and mm -hmm. do your show live. Yeah. Tell me what that experience is like for you. Uh, it's nuts and neat uh, and fun to do um, because, again, when you're it, when you're in the room recording, it's just you know you and the guest and Ramsey. When it's me and Chuck and Jerry, it's just us. When we do it live, it's us. But then there's a bunch of people there who are laughing at what we're saying. Which is amazing to, to get a laugh out of people or a gasp is another really satisfying one too. Um, so to get that immediate feedback from people, uh, for us is really, really, um, just, just really gratifying and, and thrilling too. I sure. think is a good word to use, but, um, it also is a really unique experience for the, the listeners who are coming to the show because normally a, listening to a podcast is a almost always a solitary, a pursuit. Sure. Like people just listen to them with their headphones on and they're the only ones listening to them. So it's us and them. Right. Now at a live show, it's us and them. And then all the other people who it's normally us and them with. Right. And everyone's combined. So they're hearing gasps and laughs that, from people who are laughing with them at the same thing at the same time. And it has a really kind of a surreal, I think, um, warm communal feeling for the people who come to the shows. And, and we found that, you know, usually when people come, they, they come to the next one and the next one too. Yeah. And podcasting, I'm glad you pointed that out because podcasting really is a very intimate kind of it is. Uh, a production, right? Like, like if you go to our shows, it's us sitting at a table with a tablecloth on a stage yeah. talking into mics to, to the people right. in the audience. Like it's, it's extremely intimate. But if you're listening just regularly, I mean, you're listening to voices talking right into your ears about whatever the topic may be. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that level of intimacy, I think, that has elevated podcasts over certain other types of media because it feels like the the people you're listening to are speaking to you directly. Right. And then when you go to one of these live events, you realize that there's this communal aspect. I'm glad you use that word because I think that also can create bigger responses, something that might have made you chuckle softly. Suddenly you're laughing at yeah. because you're sharing that with other people and you're being, your, your, your response is reinforced by the responses of other people. Yeah. And, and, Reinforced and embiggened. Yes, embiggened. You know? And then, uh, yeah, we, we see that and it's a very perfectly cromulent word. Uh, <laughs> we, as a, again, as a stage performer, like I've had that experience of performing in front of an audience right. and their reaction energizes my performance. Yeah, for sure. So you. Oh yeah. If you have a crowd that's not really playing off of what you're doing, not only does it not energize you it, it de-energizes oh yeah because you. you pour more and more of yourself <clears throat> like you will right. you will try to fill that like it, it feel feels like you're 
you've got a pitcher and you're pouring water into the pitcher, but mm-hmm. for some reason the pitcher's not filling up. So you're just like, oh, I just got to pour more water in. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's how it is, except you're talking about your, your energy or performance energy as right. you're trying to do this. Yeah. No, I've, I performed in front of those crowds too. But, but you get a good crowd and it's just amazing. Oh yeah. Like they yeah. just boo you like a, a, a draft on a, a red balloon. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it is, it is. I, I was having a Nina moment there with 99 of those red balloons. <laughs> I was thinking more of that, uh, Frenchie movie. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a better visual, honestly, sure. than the, 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 the than a, than a song that, that warns you against nuclear war. <laughs> I, it was needed at the time. It was, uh, and maybe again, but that's getting off on a different tangent. So do you have any particular favorite memories as far as the Stuff You Should Know podcast goes? Like anything uh, from whether it's a fan interaction or an episode you did? I mean, I know of one episode that has to be in your top five, which was the Necronomicon because uh, that was the one. story. Yeah, so I wrote an article about how the Necronomicon works. And Josh, you're a fan of Lovecraft as yes. well. Like you like Lovecraft's yeah. work. So Josh and Chuck were going to record an episode about the Necronomicon. And mm-hmm. this was back when we were sitting, we were in, our office was in Buckhead, Atlanta. Where it's, mm-hmm. And I just remember sitting at my desk. I think this was still when we were on the 15th floor. And, yeah, uh, yeah, the original. Yeah, the original space. And I remember you would come by and you tap me on the shoulder and you're like, hey, hey, Strick. Uh, how do you say the name of the guy who wrote the Necronomicon? I'm like, oh, the Mad Arab Abdul Al Hazred. It's like, thanks, thanks. thanks. And I'd, like, I'd say like three times, yeah. and then go and then go away, and then like maybe three minutes later, you come back. Hey, Strick, what's the place where Cthulhu lies dreaming? I'm like, oh, that's Rilie. Yeah, Rilie is a R apostrophe A L Y E. And then I'd say like, is it Cthulhu or Cthulhu? Yeah, and I said, well, you know, there's differing mm-hmm. opinions upon it, but Lovecraft himself says that the human tongue is incapable of actually pronouncing it. So really, you're, you've got a lot of leeway. And eventually, he, Josh comes back and taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, just come into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I ended up being on an episode of Stuff You Should Know. <laughs> yeah, I have. I still to this day am, imp- am impressed by that because I think God knows what you were working on, probably an update about how the iPod works or something, something like along that. Those because, lines. you know, they just released the second one that month or something. Yeah. And um, you just stopped, stood up, came into the studio and spent 30 minutes talking totally without zero with zero preparation totally off the top of your head, but with full authority about Lovecraft and, and his mythos. And um, I, it was quite impressive. I would direct anybody to go listen to that episode, whether you're interested in that kind of thing or not, yeah. just uh, <laughs> with the knowledge that you had no forewarning that you were going to be coming and in, in recording right then. And that was it. Like, that was the first take that we did. There there may be a dozen topics out there that I could pull that off with. And yeah. Lovecraft just happened to be one of them. That so was I was... A, I was a good memory. It was a good... It was a good uh, uh, alignment of the planets mm-hmm. for that particular situation. Uh, <clears throat> let me ask you about... Let me, you know, we alluded to some, some changes over time in the scrutiny area mm-hmm. of podcasts. And uh, and I think it's good to talk about that, too. And I mentioned it, I'm sure I say this because I'm recording this before I record the actual website section, right. uh, which we'll publish before this. But I'm sure I mentioned about the evolution of ownership of How Stuff Works. How Stuff Works, after it was part of Comics Group, got sold to Discovery Communications. Yeah. Discovery Communications had a slightly different approach, in some cases a dramatically different approach to uh, keeping an eye on and sometimes guiding the content of certain podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. I I assume Stuff You Should Know had to do a Shark Week episode at some point. We did. We did a few shark episodes. And, and uh, yeah, at first you kind of bristled at that thing. But one thing that we learned was um, – when you uh, when you get a Shark Week assignment, you turn it into some great shark episodes. Yeah. Now, there, the, I agree that there was definitely that initial reaction of like, oh, I'm not so sure I'm cool with having to. For sure. To, you know, now that I'm because I've been so used to being able mm. to dictate what goes on my show. That's something I don't think a lot of people realize is that like we all basically have total creative control over our own shows. Yeah. Like we choose the topics. We decide what goes in. We decide what comes out. We decide um, the tone, mm-hmm. uh, the the you know the language that's used, like the length. Like we, yeah, it's it's the like that's one thing that this company has always been great about is giving the creators creative control. Yeah, and so so yeah, when when we were kind of given a, a suggestion 
yeah, or a or mandate, mandate from that, on high yeah. that, you know, Shark Week's coming up. Don't you think the podcast should all do some something that has to do with sharks? Um, it, yeah, it could cause a little bit of bristling, but that was that was it. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think most people who listen to stuff you should know, no, I'm not much of a corporate apologist, but that really was the extent of of the mandate or whatever it you want been, to call it. It could have been much, much more restrictive. So what's cool about it is that every single show that did something on sharks um, did something really cool yeah. about sharks. And and I would direct you to uh, Stuff You Should Know's Shark Diaries episode. Oh, yeah. That Chuck put together and wrote and directed. And There's got, a lot of voice uh, acting. Yeah, a lot of the uh, other hosts did uh, voice acting. Um, and, uh, it's, it's one of this, it's, it was like a, a radio play basically, mm-hmm. but it was all based on historical fact about these shark attacks in like, um, New Jersey, I think, in yep. maybe 1916 or something like that. It was some of the stuff that inspired, uh, Jaws. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so it, it turned out to just be this really neat, interesting episode that we otherwise never would have done. Yeah. I, I was one of the voices in that. I yeah. remember doing that. Uh, yeah, the tech stuff episode. For that first one, because we, Chris and I, really struggled because there's not so many so many pieces of tech that we could do. What did like, you guys do? We ended up doing Bruce, the shark in Jaws. Makes sense. So we talked about that. Well, uh, apart from those little moments, uh, th- I mean, there were some restrictions on tech stuff, but that mm-hmm. was largely because we were working for a company that had a big uh, interest in uh, cable. So a lot of those topics were – we were gently – guided away from covering because of conflict of interest and that which makes some sense it made it a little complicated to talk about certain topics but we did our best um and obviously we've gone through a couple changes since then but i would say that the discovery era was probably the only one where i felt like there was even a small amount of of uh corporate oversight in mm-hmm. that sense like mm-hmm. and even then again it wasn't that restrictive yeah it wasn't yeah. bad plus stuff you should know got a tv show out of it that's true i remember and, that um we were doing a lot of ads for like national brands at the time too as a yeah. result too, so i remember thinking uh as i watched the the pilot mm-hmm. episode of that and i watched your your nemesis character on there i thought who did they model this after? Or is this just totally fictional? Because I have a feeling that every single other podcaster in this room is thinking, is that supposed to be me? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll never tell. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna grill you on that. <laughs> I mean, that to me is something that needs to be revealed on your show, not mine. Sure. Uh, I, I also, I had a, a, I got to be one of the extras in one of the episodes of you that. You did? Yeah. I got to walk down a hallway and talk to actors I know personally were pretending to be my co-workers yep. in a fictional office setting. It was bizarre. Yeah. But that walk was one of the best. I, I really thought it was great. I was so <laughs> sad that it. I don't think it made it into the show, but... <laughs> I did. I thought it did. Maybe it did. You know what? I'm going to have to go back and watch them now oh, and like see. like you don't every week. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I blush. Uh, so these days, of course, uh, we've got, you know, more things... In production than ever before. Mm-hmm. We have a lot more shows that have come out. I mean, there's been some podcasts that have come and gone since mm-hmm. we started. Uh, there's some that I wish could come back in some form. I still miss stuff from the B-sides. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah that's everybody's go-to for one that just got canceled because of not enough ears, but it was a great show between uh, Chuck and John Fuller. Yeah. They, yeah. they uh, were, ho- they, it was like a, a, just a music talk, basically. It was fantastic. And, uh, we've got some, uh, other new ones coming out soon. Uh, we've got stuff that's in development that we can't really talk about yet because it's, it's still in various stages and hasn't yet gone live. But, uh, I do highly recommend everybody listen mm-hmm. and pay attention because we've gonna have some new shows coming out. Uh, some of them have been coming out over the, over the course of 2017, like Part Time Genius. Uh, but we're going to have a lot more of those. Well, you know, Chuck's got a new show out. Now. Yep. It's launching. Well, it will have launched by the time this comes out about yep. it's called Movie Crush. Yeah. And um, it's him interviewing famous people uh, about what their favorite movie is. And through that, he kind of like he uses that as a pretext to, to find out about them, the people, the person. Right. Yeah. And um He's had, uh, I think he started out with Janet Varney, Tignataro. I don't know if he's announcing who else, but from what I understand, there's some like 
it's going to be a pretty cool interview show. For We've sure. seen a few famous faces pass through mm-hmm. the How Stuff Works office over the last few weeks, uh, including times where I was recording in here, seeing famous faces pass in front of the podcast studio and having to keep my cool oh, yeah. and maintain maintain sure radio did, uh, professionalism. Yeah. So uh, we obviously. Oh, and and yeah. I have a show coming out too. Oh, oh, I didn't know if it was ready to be talked about. Talk it's about not, your show. But I just wanted to say I have a show oh, coming out too. Gotcha. Look for it in January or February. Excellent. And uh, hopefully it'll knock everybody's socks off. I have a show that's in the pitch process, but who knows if it'll go any further than that? We we I have got hopes. my fingers crossed. We have man. hopes. Anything coming from you, Strick, is dynamite. Oh man, there's so and much. I, can I just take a second here? Yeah. I just want to tell you quite sincerely, congratulations on 900 episodes. You've gone through, uh, you've had several hosts. Mm-hmm. And then when you were fresh out of hosts, you just kept going. Yep. By yourself, on your own, you know, with the help of producers. Sure. Like, of course, the great Ramsey, who's helping you now. Mm-hmm. But you have carried this brand and built it and grown it and kept this, this loyal audience for all these years. And my hat is off to you. Uh, with with a tremendous amount of respect, I say congratulations. Thank Trey. you so much, Josh. That means a lot. That means a lot. I really appreciate it. Uh, and obviously, the producers and my listeners, uh, they're the reason why the show really keeps going. And uh, I'm just very thankful to be able to do it every week. Yeah. And there might be some weeks where I'm going to be recording on a Wednesday and it's Tuesday afternoon and I'm still not really sure what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> and I'm beating myself up because I know I'm going to have to do a lot of research in a short amount of time. But there are other weeks where, uh, you know, I, I've just, I feel great. I've got like tons of research. Uh, sometimes the best feeling in the world is when I get messages from people who say, I want you to talk more about this thing that you mentioned, because mm-hmm. to me, that's saying that thing you're doing that you love to do. Could you please do that more? Right. And that's the best request you can ever get. Yeah. Right. If, if anyone says, I love your show, but it's too short. It's the best complaint in the world. Because it says, I love what you do and I want you to do more of it. Yeah. Um, there's just so many hours in a week. So we, we're we giving a lot and we want to keep giving. But eventually we get to a point where uh, if you know spoon theory, we run out of spoons. So just keep that in mind, guys. But we're going to keep we're going to keep going to the spoon store for you guys as much as we can. Josh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk about your experiences at Stuff You Should Know as well as uh, everything else we have both done here at How Stuff Works. And I wish you uh, tons of success and a thousand more amazing episodes. I can't wait to hear what episode 2000 is about. And to you, bud. Thanks, buddy. All right. Well, that's it for episode 901, part two of the How Stuff Works story. Uh, clearly, I could have gotten into a lot more detail, but... I didn't want it to become too self-serving, but it is really a phenomenal place to work, both as a writer and a podcaster. Everyone here does amazing work. They are all experts in their various fields, and they know so much about so many things. It is a joy to come here and work, whether it's to podcast or to, you know, sabotage someone else's work, as I have been known to do upon occasion. If you are not familiar with some of the podcasts that I've mentioned in this episode, I I highly recommend you go check out some of them. If there are any that I mentioned that you thought, I didn't even know they had ever done that, go check it out. If you go and listen to stuff from the B-side and you think, that was an amazing show, bring it back, you should tell people because then it might happen. Uh, But that's true for all the different shows that we've done. And you never know. You might find out that the next podcast you download becomes your brand new second favorite. Because you got to reserve first place for me. I do not give it up willingly. All right. Well, if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes of Tech Stuff, whether it is a famous person in tech, a company, a technology, anything along those lines, or maybe you have a specific guest host or interview subject that you think I should have on the show, let me know. Send me an email. The address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com or drop me a line on Twitter or Facebook. The handle there is techstuffhsw. You can also find us over on Instagram at techstuffhsw. If you have not checked that out, you need to. Crystal's doing amazing work with that. And you can also watch me record this show live, stumbling my way through the world of technology one paragraph at a time 
at twitch.tv slash techstuff. We've got a chat room over there. You can join in there. Have a grand old time. I also love to chat with everybody who's there, and I hope to see you there. We record on Wednesdays and Fridays. Typically, you can find the the recording schedule at the website, twitch.tv slash techstuff. And I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 